And I want to talk about turning to God today. How do we do that? How do we turn to God? And then Ephesians chapter four, verse one, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. You, me, you, not just me, not just the preacher, you, you have been called by God. Everybody say that. Say, I have been called by God. That was pretty pitiful. We're going to try one more time. Everybody say, I have been called by God. All right. All right. So, so I want to talk today about turning to God, how to turn to God. How do I turn to God? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the moments we share. Thank you that you're going to speak to us now so clearly and powerfully in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said a good amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Q. So proud of this uh, worship team, by the way. We traveled this week to Tulsa and ministered there for a few nights. And uh, man, they were just, they were excellent. And um, so grateful for all that God is doing. Um, I want to just talk about turning to God today because to me, this is, this is like where the joy's at. This is where the peace is at. This is where, this is like where the good stuff is at right here in turning to God. Not just church on a Sunday, though that's important. Um, not just the occasional podcast or, or YouTube sermon or worship song or whatever, but, but living a life where, where your life is turned towards God. You're going in the direction of God. You're going in the direction of good. You're going in the direction of forward. Doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes, but even when you fall, you fall forward. Even when you fail, you fail forward. Even when you make mistakes, because you will, probably by the end of the day. Uh, but but you're, you're, you're going in the right direction. You're not, you're not turning from God. You're turning to God. Your, your life is moving forward. How many want your life to move forward? That, that's, what, that's why we're here. I think that's why we're here. And, and the joy is in knowing Jesus. The joy is in loving Jesus. The joy is in hearing from God. The joy is in obeying God. And a lot of people, they, they never get past Sunday morning. Uh, Jesus is just an hour on Sunday. And they never get to experience the joy of walking with God. And yet the Apostle Peter says that our response to the gospel, Acts chapter 3 verse 19, here's our response. We turn to God. We don't just pray to God in an emergency, though that's okay. We don't, just, we don't just run to God when we're going through hell, though that's okay. But we live this life of turning towards him. So I want to help you turn to God. And here's point number one. Seek him diligently. Seek him diligently. Now, to me, this is one of grace's greatest gifts. Because we are not seeking a God who is far away. We're not seeking a God who is at arm's length. We're not seeking a God who is trying to hide from us. The Bible just said we're called by God. That means that our seeking God is a response to his initial call. See, grace initiates everything. Grace initiates everything. God does the initiating. God does the calling. God always starts the conversation. And now seeking God is our response to the call of God. So when you seek God, you just got to understand this. This this is not God going, if you really love me and if you try hard enough, you'll get to me. This is God going, arms are open. 
I'm right here, I'm right now, and if you seek me, you will find me because I will not be hard to find. And even you're seeking me, it, it isn't like this was your idea alone. No, I called you, past tense, and now you seek me, present tense. So my, my present tense seeking God is a response to a past tense call of God. And now my whole life is in response to God. I'm not changing God's mind. God is changing my mind. I'm not changing God's heart. God is changing my heart. I'm not, I'm not twisting God's arm, but God is trying to turn me in the direction of good, the direction of God, the direction of forward. Oh, this is good news. God is not hard to find. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. God did this so that we would seek him. Watch this. He did this so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him. This is so cool. And find him. Though he is not far from any of us. <laughs> for in him we move and live and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Paul actually now quotes a, a popular poet from the time. He doesn't even use scripture. He uses their own poetry. It'd be like me using a, a Kanye song or a whatever. <laughs> he, he, he uses their, their own words to help them understand God is not far from you. God is not out there somewhere. He's, he's right here. He is not hard to get to. All that he says there, this, this whole line that he says in verse 27 and 28, this is, this is not Paul's words. These are words of a poet of their day. And he's using them to help them connect with who God is. And he says, guys, he's, he's right here. He's, he's right now. He's not far away. He is close. He is close. But we must respond by seeking him diligently. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe he is, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, diligently seek him. Now, now in just one verse, here's what we just learned about God. Y'all ready? We just learned that God can be pleased. We just learned that God can be approached. We just learned that God is a rewarder. We just learned that God can be sought and we just learned that God can be found in one verse. That was worth the whole price of admission. I don't know how much you paid. I don't know how much they charged you at the door. It was worth it. It was worth it today. We just learned five things from one verse. That God is available. That God is present. That God is right here, right now. And he wants to be found. But it will require diligence. Now this word diligence means to be careful and persistent. You must be careful and persistent in your seeking of God. In other words, it can't just be casual and sometimes, no, it has to be careful and persistent. It has to be consistent. It has to be scheduled. If you, if you just seek God when you think about it, you won't do it very often. Oh, or you only do it when you made a big mistake. Or you only do it when you're really in trouble. So what you want to do is you want to get in a daily walk with God. Because trouble won't be as troublesome. You won't make as many mistakes. And there'll be a lot more peace. And you won't have to come to God and explain to God why you haven't talked to him in the last three months. Come on, somebody. Which, by the way, he's not even surprised or shocked by that, so stop tripping. But my point is, 
my point is you, you, start a, you start a diligent walk with God. Diligent. So let me give all the married couples a little piece of advice. Uh, who's married and has kids? Can I see your hands? Make some noise that your kids are in. Make some noise that your kids are in children's ministry. Amen. You're like, no, just keep preaching, pastor. This is good. Just keep going. Um, here, here's my number one piece of advice to you. You need to spend more time together alone. Not with your kids, not with your friends, alone. Just you two. This is going to require hard work. It's going to require money. It's going to require budgeting. It's going to require planning. It's going to require getting a sitter. It's going to require... Takes, it, it, it actually takes diligence. You have to be careful. You have to be persistent at it. Well, we went on a date like three weeks ago. We're good. No, no, no. Every week. We can't afford a date every week. Yeah, you can. You got to move some money around. And not, not, every, not every date night needs to be, you know, expensive. It doesn't always have to be Ruth Chris. It can literally be like we're going to go to the car and just get away from everybody and get quiet. It could be in and out. In a parking lot. Just like, isn't it so quiet in here? Oh, my God. Just quiet. It, but it's going to take, take diligence to do it because you've got to plan for it. You've got to get past that, you know, it's Thursday night and you just worked all day and you're tired and you don't want to get ready. And you don't want to leave the house, but you have to because you have to have time together. Because you have to relate with each other outside of the crowd, outside of the noise, outside of the kids, outside of the busyness. You have to look at each other face to face and get quiet. Listen, this is your walk with God. This is your, thank you, you tried really hard. Appreciate it. You went two more seconds than you even needed to and I appreciate it, but no one was interested. You gotta get alone. You gotta get alone with God. And you just got to get quiet in his presence. And you just got to show up every day. And you just got to open the word. You got to read it again. I've read Romans. Read it again. I've read the Psalms. Read them again. A proverb a day. I woke up this morning. I read Proverbs 29. I hope that's the date today. Is it? Okay, good. Because that's the one I read. Because there's 31 Proverbs. So I'm not too mature to read a proverb a day. I read a proverb. A proverb a day keeps the stupid away. A proverb a day keeps the fool away. A proverb a day keeps the devil away. A proverb a day keeps my, stu- my stupid away. Y'all know what I, I wasn't talking about other, but I was talking about my stupid. A proverb a day keeps my fool in check. I read a proverb, I read the Psalms today. I read Ephesians today. Not because I had to preach, because it's what I do. I woke up and I sat in my chair because I got my chair. I got my chair where I read and I read. You got to get a chair. Get a chair you're comfortable with. And you got to seek him diligently. The same way that that's what your marriage needs. It needs diligence. You got to fight for romance. You got to fight to keep it fresh. You got to fight for intimacy. You got to fight for conversation. You got to fight for face to face. You got to fight for quiet. In the same way, you have to do this with God. You have to seek him diligently. Genesis 15.1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram, I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. God says, your reward is me. The reward for seeking God is God. That's right, that's good. 
Not breakthrough, not miracles, not answers to prayer, not freedom. Those things are all great. The reward for God is God. But once you get around God, you get all the God stuff. Because God never shows up empty-handed. But I don't just seek him for his hand. I seek him for his face. I get to know God. I get to love God. I get to hear God. I get to understand God. I begin to walk with God. I begin to obey God. I begin to, I begin to seek God diligently. And then, yes, God shows up with all of his fullness. But I'm not just seeking God emergency to emergency. I'm seeking God day by day. Romans 15, 29. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come, watch this, in the fullness of the blessing. The fullness of the blessing. That means that we can walk in a partial part of it. God says, I want you to walk in the fullness of it. The fullness of freedom. The fullness of joy. The, free, the, the fullness of a sound mind. The fullness of getting that anger under control. The fullness of getting that addiction under control. The fullness of it. Not just good days and bad days. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't have good days and bad days. I'm saying there is a place in God where you're walking in his fullness and it's only available to those who diligently seek him. And again, and this doesn't, don't make this so romantic and epic and, and it's just a daily, you just daily show up. You show up. You just keep showing up. You just keep showing up. I don't know how else to say this. You just keep showing up. Now, you have to figure out how you connect with God. Let me just quickly speak to this. It might be reading. It might be journaling. It might be worshiping. It might be fasting. It might be praying. It might, someone's like, it's not fasting. Okay, it's not that. It might be. You've got to figure out how you connect with God. For me in prayer, the best way, the easiest way I should say, for me to connect with God is to walk outside and just talk. That's the best way for me to, to connect with God. If I can just go on a walk, we call it a prayer walk. That's deep, right? It's a prayer walk. I just talk to God. And I pray in the spirit and I worship and I sing. And I don't freak people out if I'm walking by them. I'm not like walking by staring at them. I don't do that. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't do that. I stop praying for one second. Hi, how are you doing? God bless you. Then I go back to praying. And I just talk to God. God, I'm nervous about this. God, I'm worried about this. God, how are we going to, God, how do I do this? God, help me with this. And I just talk to God. And I can go, I can go three, four miles. I can just, just keep talking. Hours, I can just talk. But if, I, if, if, if you like put me in a, you know, in a room, every 10 minutes I'm distracted. Yeah. I'll start praying and I'll go, I better just go on Instagram and let people know I'm praying for them. You know, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just see what's going on real quick, you know. It's just easier for me to just walk. That's how I connect with God. You got to figure some of that out. You got to figure some of that out. You got to, you got to figure out, do do you read the word? Do you listen to the word? We've got these amazing Bible apps, the YouVersion app. You can get a reading plan, but you have to seek him diligently. This is carefully. Here's what I think of when I think of carefully. It means that it's not just so casual that it can just happen whenever. It's I'm careful. That means I have a time and place. I have a time and place. I have a time. This is how you turn to God. This is how you turn it. Some of you are like, I'm not interested. Okay, but I'm talking to someone who's interested. Yeah. It, it takes 
diligence. Number two, obey him with urgency. Obey him with urgency. Here, here's the deal. If you start seeking God, if you start talking to God, if, 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 you start, if you start seeking the Lord and really going after the Lord and pursuing the Lord, let me tell you what's going to happen. He's going to start talking back. Yes. I'm not saying you'll ever hear an audible voice. I've never heard an audible voice. But I have felt things that feel louder than a voice. It's like it's right here, and it's a knowing in my knower that is so real to me, and, and that's where our spirit is. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow living waters. This is where our, the spirit of a man is. And it's just, I know that I know that I know that God's talking to me, and I can't shake it away. I can't pray it away. I can't cast it away. I can't speak it in tongues away. I can't fast it away. And I know it's like God deposits something, and it ain't going away. Right. What you have to learn to do with that is you have to learn how to obey that with urgency. James chapter four, verse eight, draw near to God, he will draw near to you. As you start seeking God, God will start talking to you, God will start ministering to you, God will start leading you, God will start guiding you. And what you have to do with that is you have to learn how to, as, as urgent as I talked about sin last week, you have to be urgent in your obedience. Because every act of obedience softens your heart to the Holy Spirit. Every act of obedience makes the voice of the Holy Spirit louder in your life. Every act of obedience, because one of the words for blessing in the Old Testament in the Hebrew language is like a flowing river. And the idea of obedience, some of you think of obedience as like, you know, we're going to be countercultural. We got to go up the stream. We got to, and I, and I understand that concept, but the idea of obedience is that you get on the river of God and you just let him take you. Obedience gets easier. It, it becomes more enjoyable. There's a flow to it. So you'll turn, on a, you'll turn on a song and go, I don't like this anymore. I loved this song two weeks ago. Now I feel, Ugh. obey that with urgency. Turn it off. Don't like, don't go, ah, I must be being religious. No, you're not being religious. Where did that come from? You're watching a show that you loved and all of a sudden there's a scene and you're like, I didn't care about this last, I didn't care about this last season. Don't power through it. Well, let me just watch the sex scene. Let me just, I must be being legalistic. No. Obey with urgency. Go, wow, I feel like a little check in here somewhere. Can't explain it. No one told me it's wrong. I just, uh, keep it moving. That, that's how this works. That's how this, I was driving to church today and I, mean, I'm just, I don't know why I'm being so honest with you guys. I hate that I'm so honest. I'm driving. I am worshiping. I'm listening to this beautiful new song called We Need a Miracle. I'm just fired up. And also I look over and this beautiful woman, because I'm a, you know, I'm a human too. Do y'all know that? Who decided to run this morning in a bathing suit, basically. I thought you forgot the top. You got the bra, but you forgot the top to go on, girl. And for 1.5 milliseconds or whatever it was, I said, ah! <laughs> Jesus! I went, Lord, couldn't you have led her a different way for the preacher? I can't even drive to church. Well, I'm not some ho, I don't judge her. I don't care what she's wearing. I don't, oh, what a sinner. She's not a sinner. She's wearing a 
whatever. That's what she decided. <laughs> and in that moment, you just feel that, nope. I don't need to look. Or uh, let me talk to the dudes really quick. You can't always help what you see, but you can choose what you look at. So I don't care that that girl ran in that. Good honor. You got it flaunted, I guess. But I have a responsibility to obey with urgency. So I didn't go, oh my Lord. <laughs> you know, getting a car wreck. Pastor, I was just enjoying creation. Pastor, I was just. No. I obey with urgency. So I go, oh, okay. Well, praise God. Okay. And you know what? That thing isn't in my spirit. I didn't let that thing grow in me. I didn't lust. I didn't let, I didn't let it. Does that make sense? I just kept it moving. Girl, get your run in. Praise God. Going to church. So I hope you understand. I'm not judging that. I can't believe they would wear it. No, I don't care about that. That's on me. But I've learned, I've, I've had to learn how to obey with urgency. Well, I can just, well, I can. No, you just. Be, because obedience will breed obedience. And it gets easier. And disobedience will breed disobedience. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm learning to obey with urgency. If you hear that whisper from heaven, go for it. If you get that little, I call it a God nudge. God goes, do that. Do that. He pushes you a little bit. Yeah. Give into it. Don't fight it. Yield to it. God says, give in that offering. You do it. God says, serve in that ministry. Do it. God says, lead that small group, do it. God says, go forgive that person, do it. God says, go encourage that person, do it. God says, send that person a text message, do it. Give in to the God nudge. Right. Uh, a, a friend of ours was asking for advice a few weeks ago, and she was saying, you know, I'm, I'm, what do you think I should do this? Should I do this? And then it, it kind of just became very clear what, we, what she should do. And she goes, okay, that's what I'm going to do. That's just that God nudge. And you just give in to that. You don't go, ah, that's actually uncomfortable because sometimes obedience is uncomfortable. It puts you in uncomfortable situations. But she did the right thing. She didn't have a scripture and verse for it. We just, we got a little nudge. That's the right way to handle this situation and went for it. And you give in to that and it becomes easier and it becomes clearer. If you're reminded of a scripture, you're reading the Bible and it's like, man, God's talking to me. Obey. Obey with urgency. Jesus said this, John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. God's love language is obedience. God's love language is obedience. And, and I would even go on a little more and say his love language is swift obedience. Like, just do it. Don't wrestle for three weeks and fight him. Just do it. Just obey. 1 Samuel 15, 22. Samuel is correcting King Saul. Saul has disobeyed the Lord, but in his disobedience, he also gave an offering to the Lord. It was kind of like, well, yeah, I know I'm disobeying, but I gave an offering, so we're good. Literally, that's what we're about to read. And God's like, I'm not into that. What's more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifice or your obedience to his voice? Some of you, you're doing things you know you shouldn't be doing, but you're like, but I threw 20 in the offering thing in the back, so like, we good, God? And God's like, 
I don't, that's not even what I want. I'm not a mob boss to be paid off. I want to, I want to walk with you. I want to help you. I want to love you. Like I want to be your father. Goldie's got a little savings, you know, a little piggy bank or whatever. She's got like $4 in there. Can you imagine if I go, go brush your teeth? And she goes, no, I'm not going to do that. But here's a dollar. I'm not going to be like, thanks. That's what, yeah. Now we good. You don't have, no. Bruh, brush your teeth. Got to brush your teeth. Just think about how, how ridiculous that is. That's what we do with God, though. You, the Holy Spirit's dealing with you, and you're like, well, I'll sing a little louder, you know. No. So he, go, so he goes, I don't want you to burn offerings. I, I want you to listen to my voice. Let's keep going here. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than the offerings of the fat of rams. In other words, God goes, I want your heart, man. The joy is in the obedience. The, the joy is not in the sacrifice. The joy is in the daily following his voice. And when you, begin, when you finally give over to obedience, here's the coolest thing. Nothing is a sacrifice. I don't know if y'all just heard me. You don't even have to wrestle with it. You're not even wrestling. Oh my God, God just told me to, oh man, God just told me to pray that. Oh man, God just told me to talk to them. Oh God just told me to give that. It's like, it's a joy because you heard his voice. It's no longer, a, when God says obedience is better than sacrifice, it's not that you don't do things that to the world look sacrificial. It's no longer a sacrifice to you because you heard his voice. So it's a joy. We do our miracle offering at the end of every year. I've never had to wrestle with it. For three years in a row, I've prayed and God's given me a number and we've given it. And it's been a joy. And it's never been. I mean, if I let my mind go there, it's a sacrifice. Well, well I could have bought that or I could have done that. But there's this joy of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Obedience is a heart posture. Here's what obedience is. It's yes before he asks. That's obedience. You wake up every day with, God, there's a yes in my spirit. And if you ask me to forgive that person, yes. If you ask me to obey, yes. If you ask me to do this, yes. If you ask me to love my wife like Christ loves the church, yes. If you ask me to honor my husband, yes. If you ask me to, if you ask me to take uh, my kid out for ice cream and just spend some time, yes. If you ask me to, yes, yes, yes. If you nudge, it's a yes. And it's a yes before you ask. There's a great preacher, his name is um, Bishop uh, Joseph Garlington, and he wakes up every morning. He said that the secret to their marriage, they've been married over 60 years, he wakes up every morning and looks over at his wife, Barbara, and goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and she laughs, and he laughs. And, and they, someone said, well, why are you saying sorry? He goes, I know I'm going to do something today. I'm not happy about it. I'm not proud of it, but I'm just sorry. I just, I'm my bad. I just, I'm not going to make any excuses. There's just a yes. All right, all right, all right. Number three. <laughs> Every husband today in the car today should just go, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Join his people faithfully. 
join his people. I thought we we're turning to God. We are going to turn to God, but we have to do it within the body. Join his people faithfully. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Notice, we become mature. Not you become mature, we become mature. Maturity happens within the body. Attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. How do I walk in the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? When I'm in the body. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning and craftiness of the people of their deceitful scheming and Facebook posts and random YouTube videos and... Every time I see people who go down this road, I just think, you just so need a pastor. You just need someone to go, you crazy. And that was fun, but it wasn't real, and you need to stop. And we just, let me, the, the number one heresy of the New Testament was a thing called Gnosticism. Gnostic meaning knowledge. The heresy was that a group of believers had a secret knowledge that other believers didn't have. If that doesn't sound like your mom on Facebook, come on, somebody. <laughs> I saw this thing today. It was a picture of five guys, and the five and the G were circled. 5G. And it was like, they knew the whole time. That is so, I love you, mom, but that is so something you would post. But I love you with all of my heart. But please go get the Cajun fries. They're so bomb. And some of you are offended. I'm talking about 5G. You're like, no, no, it's real. Okay, my point is, you need to be in the body because technology can make us think crazy things. And because you, because we just, so you got to have some friends that go, oh, no, 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 that five guys isn't 5G. You're okay. Go eat a burger. Relax. Now, that was a joke, but I hope you understand this is where people go. And you got to just, you got to get in the body so you don't get blown around by all the. I'm, I'm not saying there aren't crazy things happening in the world right now. I'm not saying there aren't. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying stay in the body because there are crazy things happening in the world right now. There's always been crazy things happening in the world. And are these crazy things leading to the end of the world? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But what, I, but what I do know is that I have to stay in the body because it's only in the body that I mature. And it's only in the body that keeps me from getting off into craziness. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow and become in every aspect the mature body of he who is the head Christ. From the whole body. Notice how all this. Joined and held together in every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I cannot mature without the body. We cannot turn to God and turn away from his body. We cannot love Jesus and hate his body. We cannot love God and hate his church. Can't. 
Ephesians says Christ died for the church. If he died for the church, I'm going to live for the church. Church is not perfect. Church is full of people. You're one of them, by the way. We should find healthy churches. I have a responsibility to lead a healthy church and to be a healthy leader. But, but, amen, and I am, and I'll say that without, there's no false humility. We're not abusing people. We're not hurting people. We're not shaming people. This is a, this is a house of miracles. This is a house of healing. And I, and I unashamedly say that. And I would tell you to come to this church, and I would tell your friends to come to this church, and I would tell your family to come to this church. This is a good church. So, but I, but I have to be in a church in order to grow into the fullness. Yeah. I, have to, I have to find a church. I have to find a pastor. I have to get in a local body to grow into everything God has for me. I cannot do this without the church. Okay, so I don't know if you've ever been to your friend's house. I got to end. Let me have the keys come up. I got to get out of here. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a church or to a friend's house and you see a beautiful table or a beautiful dresser drawers or whatever, entertainment system, and you go, wow, that's great. Where'd you get it? And then they say these dreaded words, Ikea, <laughs> or West Elm, or one of these that you got to put it together. And, and you just go, uh, okay, I guess we don't need an entertainment system. I, I thought we needed a bed. I guess we don't. Because you love the finished product, and then you go to Ikea, right? And you, the showroom is awesome. And then you go downstairs to the dungeon where the demons are trembling. And you, know, and you go down these long hallways of hell, right? And it's just box, 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 box. And you finally get to your box. And you go, that doesn't look like the table that I want. That does not look like the dresser. This cannot be, this little box cannot be my dresser. And then you grab it and it's so heavy and you're like, what is in this thing? You gotta go home and you gotta take the time and you gotta pay the price and you gotta read the instructions even though you tell yourself, I can figure this out without it, but you gotta read the instructions. And, and you love your friend's finished result. But assembly was required. Assembly is required. Isn't that what the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews said? He said, he said don't get out of the meeting together, the assembly together. As some are in the habit of doing. I, I love that you're watching online. And if you've got health issues and you can't be here, I'm so glad we get to bring this to you. But if you're healthy, get to church. Because y'all can clap. You're the ones here. You could be like, amen. And if you can't be here, that's why we bring it to you. That's why we spend all this money to bring you a beautiful, beautiful presentation every week. But there's assembly required. And some of you look at people in church and go, oh, I love your life. I love how you're so connected. I love how you know people in the church. I know how you're so happy. I know how your kids are so connected. I know. And, and then they go, well, yeah, but, it, but we didn't start this way. We walked into church just like you with just a box. 
And, and we, had to, we had to leave, we had to walk out of here and not just run to our car. We had to just go stand out there, awkward. <laughs> Waiting for eye contact. Hey, hey, how are you doing, brother? Praise God, praise God, brother. You just hang out. You check your kids into church so they can meet friends and get to know. Your kids do not like it in here. I just want you to know that they do not like it in here. But they'll love it in there. They'll love it in there. And then they meet connections. And then and, and you go out to the tent and you say hi to some people and you shake hands and, and it's awkward and it's and it's hard work. The same way that you're looking at that IKEA and you're just going, I don't know where this is. This can't be right. Have you ever been, I don't know if you've ever been building an Ikea thing halfway through, you go, this can't be right. They forgot to give me a piece. They, well, they don't. They don't forget. And eventually you have to go back to the instruction manual. Because when life doesn't look like what God promised, you got to go back and go, what have I ignored? And you got to build it. I was, I was bragging on a couple. They were in the 9 a.m. Name is uh, Bruce, Bruce and Emily Atchley. They're, they're a great couple that, that's new here. Just moved here from California on a word from God. They felt like they were supposed to be a part of our church. Uh, they've been here six weeks, maybe. The first day they moved here was a Tuesday. They moved here, and Tuesday night, Bruce and his son were in my Bible study on Tuesday nights. I went, what are you doing here? Well, it's Bible study. We, you just moved here. Oh, no, we want to be here. And you know what? Yesterday at the food outreach, they were here. Yeah. Yeah. And in September, they're going to lead a small group. Yeah. And today they were serving out in the tent. Yeah. And it's not because they're super spiritual saints. It's because they know yes. that assembly yes. is required. And their kids are in youth and their kids are in kids ministry and they're, and they just, and they just, and their maturity shows in their ability to link into the body. And it's awkward at times and it's, how do I join a small group? Yeah, you got to join a small group. I got to go to some stranger's house and we're going to, they're going to make me take off my shoes. And they got, it's going to be weird if I... Join a Zoom group. I don't know. That can be weird. Am I? What if I go to a group? Don't connect. Assembly's required. Come to church and you get here. We we have this little thing we like to say: arrive early, stay late, get involved. Arrive early, stay late, get involved. That is basically the opposite of American Christianity. It's get here late, leave early to beat the traffic, don't get involved, and then after six months we go. Ah, we're going. We need a new church. We weren't getting fed. You weren't getting fed. You got there late. You left early. You never got involved. You didn't get fed. You never ate. Well, I heard you. I heard you back there. I'll preach to somebody. I think that was a word for you. I think God wants you to be here anyway. So anyway, I'll just get up here there. I'll try to get Quentin to move here. I, but it's a little awkward and you gotta, but assembly's required. 
and it takes work and it takes diligence and it takes, this is how you turn to God. Because in turning to God, the body turns to God. Together we mature and together we grow and together we link. So you turn to God. So I hope I gave you some things today that are going to help you.